Erev Tov, we continue in the Rambam on Perak Tess. In the Mornevuchim, we're discussing the topic of Kisei. And we explained how Kisei, the simple meaning, remember in ancient times, it was a very significant thing. You had a chair, because most people did not have a chair. So it was always called a throne that people sit on. But then we gave a, a, a borrowed term to that, is that it's a uh, it's a way of describing, attributing something to greatness. A great person sits here. So there's a greatness associated with that. And therefore, we said that uh, the temple is called the Kisei of Hashem because it's something very special because of it's indicative of Hashem's majesty and so is the uh, heavens are called the Kisei it's indicative of Hashem's majesty we said the difference is the temple is not permanent while the heavens are and the heavens are what God made and the temple is what the people made so an aspect so that is the two uh, examples of how we're using kisei not in the physical sense per se because Hashem does not sit in it but it's indicative that there is the majesty of Hashem is associated with that this is where his presence is which we'll have to explain what that means shortly okay so now there's a third definition and this one is uh, a very primary one avol but when this uh, uh, expression is taken in a wider sense, for example, in the following Pasuk, that says, So if you can kindly uh, go to the top part here where it says Exodus 18.1, click onto that. Yes. Okay, now the left side, scroll it down the other way a little bit. Oh, so this is after the battle with Amalek. Vayomer and Moshe says, Kiyod al Kes Ka. It really is pronounced with a yud, but for his hand is on the case of Ka. Milchamal a war with Amalek, me door door from generation to generation. Okay, so let's, uh, what does this mean? Okay, Hashem will be at war with Amalek throughout the ages. So now look at the right side. Kiyot, oh, 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 oh. what happened? Let's get rid of that. Can you, can you go to the far right and just X out? That's it. Okay, now, by the number two. Yeah, Kiyot al ka. Whose hand is this? Yodo shel hakodesh baruch It's Hashem's hand. Hurma, it's raised, as it were. Lishava to swear. Bikiso by His throne. Lislo milchama ve'eva b'amalek b'amalek olamis to have war and anger towards Amalek forever. Umal case. What's this word case? Velonemer kisei. Why does it say kisei? So really, His hand is on the throne. What's this case? 
ואף השם נחלק לחלקו. והשם שניהם ספליט נהב, זה יוד ה'. So what does it mean? Nishba Kodesh Baruch Hashem swore she'ain shmo shalem. His name is not complete. Ve'ain kiso shalem. And his throne is not complete. Ad shimoche shmo shalemolek kulo. Until the name of Amalek is completely obliterated. Ukeshimoche shmo. And when Amalek's name will be obliterated. Yi Hashem shalem. Hashem's name will be complete. Yurei vavei. Ve'akisei shalem. And his throne will be complete as well. Okay, so this is another expression of kisei. And what does this mean over here? Okay, so we're and and the question is, it's interesting that Rashi is saying his hand is on Hashem's throne. That's now, Hashem's normally when we swear. If we'd have to swear in a bezdin, what do you put your hand on? On a chumash. Okay, why do we put our hand on a chumash? True. Why not put a something, our hand on something that's holier than us? Okay? Like, I'm telling you the truth and I'm saying it by something that's holier than me. So now the question is, if Hashem's going to swear, what does he do? What's he going to swear it on? Well, it, it can't it can't be on a on a chumash. It can't be on a chumash. No. And it can't just be on a chair. But it's a deeper meaning of what the chair is. And that's what we have to get to in one second. But that's what's what's going on. There is uh and we'll see he's swearing something, as we'll see in a minute, that is essential to Hashem's aspect of himself that never changes. So let's continue reading. And he's saying, like, okay, so now I'm sorry. We can X this out. This is Exodus 18. You can X it out by the X. You see what I'm There's an X right next to it. A little lower. That's it. Now, go to the far left. Oh, guide to the perplex. Left, 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 all the way over. Okay, so now, now what does this mean? This is a description of God's essential being and his greatness. Not a throne and not something indicative of Hashem's majesty. Okay. There's nothing to even imagine that's beyond Hashem. Okay. In other words, Let's say when we're talking about the heavens, that's the kisei. The beisamish, the kisei. That is thinking about something that's beyond Hashem's reality. It's it's symbolic that Hashem will rest His presence there. It's something that is in indicative of Hashem's majesty, but it's clearly, from our perspective, beyond Hashem, so to speak. But that's not what it is. Velo nivrom and nivrom, and nothing was created. Like the base of English was created, the heavens were created. That's something that's indicative of Hashem's greatness. That's not what this is. But and and it and and it could be, for example, theoretically, what if there's no base of English? What if there be no heavens? It could be God has no throne to be indicative of it. Vinimtse im kise. And if you want to tell me there's going to be a, a kisei 
a real, you know, a, a real kisei. Sometimes he has a kisei, something not. Zos kfir suffic. That's that's a, a heresy without a doubt. But that's only for a body, so to speak. So, therefore, it's, there's something that is not beyond Hashem that's indicative of Hashem, but something that is indicative of Hashem himself, an aspect of Hashem that never changes. And that's what it means, his kisei. It's, it's, not, it's himself. He's swearing by himself, as it were. And, and just like a kisei is indicative of something associated with great loftiness, so what is so Hashem, the essential to Hashem's aspect uh, to himself that never changes, that itself is the loftiness of Hashem. That is Hashem. That Kisei is describing the essence, but we have no understanding what that is, that is the loftiness of Hashem. Ukvar Be'er Vamar has explained in Echa, Ato Hashem le'olam, Hashem you are forever, Teshev, Kisacha, Ledor Vador, your throne sits forever. What does that mean? Hore that he's teaching that that who dover built that's something that is not detached from Hashem. In other words, Kisachal, your chair is like is like your truth is for all generations. Okay, That's what it means. Kisa here, anything like that. Godluso vatsmuso. The greatness and essence of Hashem, Asher that there's nothing beyond Him, as it will be explained later on in this mimer. So we have a third definition of kisei, and that third definition of kisei is really just like the first two, were something of indicative of God's majesty, but it was something, so to speak, beyond Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So now it is uh, another way of just saying Hashem's greatness as if there was a kisei, but there's no kisei. In other words, we are tri- you have a king who sits on a throne that shows there's somebody great over here. So Hashem has things in this world that are indicative of his greatness. But you know what's most indicative of his greatness? His essence. And that is this idea of God's. God, when he says God's hand is on his throne, what does that mean? His essence. This is all anthropomorphic, but Hashem swears by himself. And that self is, is, is not that the king is sitting on a throne, so to speak, and the throne represents the loftiness of God or the temple or this, but it's Hashem himself. And that's what Hashem swears by himself, by his own loftiness that he's totally inseparable from. That what? That he has to destroy Amalek because Amalek denies that essence of a Kurdish You could destroy God's temple, but you could say God, but you can't say you destroyed God. Amalek wants to destroy God, so to speak. So, how are they going to do that? Well, they figure they'll destroy the Jewish people and that way you destroy. But Hashem says, My name, my essence is not perceived in a complete way as long as Amalek is in this world. My loftiness. God's lo- Everyone's supposed to say, wow, Hashem is amazing. What does Amalek say? Not impressed. He split the sea. Everyone's pissing in their pants. Not us. We're just going to fight him right away. What, what does that mean? What are they denying? They're denying God's loftiness himself. 
that's what the, the higher understanding of Kisei, where it's not something that is like outside of Hashem, so to speak, to perceive of, of the loftiness of God. But this is the essence of Hashem. And that's the Kisei of, of, of the essence of Hashem. That, that's what it means. So he swears by his Kisei. And that is, and since it's talking about his essential loftiness, and that's exactly what Amalek is fighting. Because when when we came in to being a people, we didn't have a base on this yet. There was no Kisei. You got the heavens. So it's interesting. It's interesting. You could think a lot about the the Dorha Flogo, the generation of the tower. They went up to the heavens to fight with God. So to speak, they wanted to knock him off his Kisei. So to speak. That's what the first Russian scientist said. Uh, yeah, if you look up in the heavens, I you see God. No, 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 you see a big tower. So you got to think about this on many levels over here. Again, I'm not uh, 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 ascribing complete intention, but the people who make like the World Trade Center or these strongest things that's going right into the heavens, what do you think is going on inside their brains? You know, look what we can do. We can go into the heavens. No one's ever going to knock down the World Trade Center. CN Tower. Right? Like, it's it's like, look, look, we, we're glorifying man's accomplishments. So, in other words, when what I understand, when you look at the heavens, you're supposed to see that's, a, that's an attribution to God. But now when you see all these tall buildings, where is their place to attribute anything to God? We're attributing things to man. So that really was the deeper understanding of the Torah Flaga. You look at the heavens, you see our tower. Whoa, see, man has gone into them. That, and that's what the Medrash means, that we're going to fight God. I mean, how do, you, how do you fight God? How do you fight God? You put something where everybody is looking for God. You go to his throne. The heavens are his throne. And you put your own throne over there. That's what I mean. Maybe going to the moon or to Mars is even more of a that's right exactly now I'm not saying that you know I'm not saying that they're atheists could you maybe some good Christians who work at NASA but subliminally well first of all there's some are atheists but subliminally it shows what we can achieve right no not so fast not so fast we already can go up there and since we can go up there so I'm not so impressed with God so those are attacks against the thrones that are outside of God. Amalek did this. There was no temple yet. What was there? There was just God's essential greatness split the sea. That's God's essential greatness. There's nothing you can point to. But one thing's for sure. If we can destroy his people, then there's there's no way anyone's going to know about that greatness. So, so that, that Amalek hits our core, hits the core of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak. And therefore, that's why Hashem's name is not complete. In, in terms of this world's um, appreciation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's what's what's key. So that and that does not enable a, a true understanding of the Kisei of Hashem. So this is the most essential aspect of this. So, with this all in mind, before we say goodbye to this chapter, I'd like you to go to the top where it says Pirkei Revelezer 3-4. There is a type of Midrash called Pirkei Revelezer written by 
Reb Eliezer Ben Herkinus. And he starts with the following. Uh, let, let's scroll. It's on number four. Scroll down to three. The other way. The other way. Three. Yeah, that's it. Shiva Dvarim Nivru Achalon Nivraum. Seven things were created before the world was created. Ve'elohim, Torah, Gehenim, Gan Eden, Ve'kisei HaKavod. Ve'kisei HaKavod. Okay, so that's clear that this was created beforehand. Okay, so now you can X that out. You can X out, hit the X. And now we're going to go to this one here, to run it, to uh, scroll down the other way. The other way. More, 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 more. More, 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 more. More, more, more. A little more to the beginning. Okay. little, uh, okay. This is Mornavuchim, Chalik Bey's Perikofov. Now, what you're going to have, Robin, uh, as I told you, you may find contradictions. And some of them I'm not going to bother to answer because you're going to just have to figure out you know, and it, it just doesn't suit me to answer the contradiction. If you're not so smart, you won't see the contradiction. And certainly by the time you get to the second part of the book, chapter 26, which will probably be a year and a half from now, this will be a faded memory what we just learned today. So let's see. All the commentaries bring this up as this is going to be a contradiction here. So now based on that source I just showed you from the pick, the Rebel Yezer, so now I can... I can take it because there's just there's nothing else for me to look at but this. So Reisi Lerabelazer Hagadol. I saw the Pirkei Rabelazer Dvarim beprakim in his prakim. I'm for some that are well known. Vinodayim bePirkei Rabeliazer. I saw this in this Pirkei Rabelazer. Lo Reisi meolam yoser sorry mahem. I never found anything more strange than those words. Pedivrei adam inan meishachem achteres Moshe Rabbeinu. Listen, I know Rabbi Lezer Ben Herk Eliezer. He's a from Jew. He's a big, uh, a big Tana. But well, and I know he follows Yiddishkeit. He's a from Jew. I've got no uh, 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 thoughts that he's a heretic. But this just blows my mind. And let's let's hear what he has to say over here. And this is from this period, but even more after saying that uh, that. That the Kisei Kavod was created before the world, Amr Shemaim, Ma'izem Where did the Shemaim come from? How did God make the Shemaim? Me'or Levusho, God took the light of His garment, whatever that means. Vinata Kesimla, He stretched, stretched it out like a garment. It just got wider and wider and wider. He brings a pasuk that shows that's how He made the Shemaim. Okay, whatever, whatever that means. Haaretz, Ma'isa Makomli froze. Where did the earth come from? Mishelag Shetachas Kiso Kavodo Lokavazark. He took some snow under the throne of glory and threw it on there, and that's where the earth came from. He brings a source for that as well. Okay. Fani Tama, I wonder, Zahachachamai, what did this wise man believe? What's he telling me that he. He makes the earth from the snow under the kisei. What, what forced him to say this? 
something can't come ex nihilo? Well, if you have the earth, it had to come from somewhere. Really? It had to come from somewhere? God couldn't create it ex nihilo? If you have Shemeluti Chomer, it has to have some kind of substance. He's asking where were they created from? Like, why don't you just say God created them? I know, but why do you got to go into more detail? What forced him to say this? So if you're going to tell me, where was the heaven from? Well, from that garment God stretched. Well, where did that come from? Where did the snow come from under the Gisek cover? What about the throne of God itself? Where did it come from? And if he wants to say, no, that garment was something that was never created. It was always there. The Kankisa covenant building Nimrod was always there. Yes, that Rachel, oh, that's really off base. And that's also Vagami Amoda Bekadmas Flatro. But then he's gonna believe that the world was eternal. That's Plato, and that's not Torah. Plato said the world always existed. That was his the world always existed. Planet Earth always existed. That was a big philosophy. So what are you telling me? The stuff was here before? Is, is that what he's saying? The creation of the throne of glory is, is mentioned from our sages. But it's still strange. It's created before the world was created. But the, uh, the scripture doesn't mention anything about the throne being created. Except what David said, Hashem in the heavens prepared his throne. And that can be understood as in a figurative way. In a figurative way. But the eternality of it. Hashem, you sit forever on your throne of glory. Okay, anyway, he goes, goes on to all kinds of questions. But the bottom line is, what's he saying, though, that this Kisei was created? And he's not denying it. And he brings this Pasuk. They said, Atashem Lolom Teshev, Lador Vador. But didn't the Rambam just say the essence of the Kisei is Hashem's essence, and it's not anything that he created? Right. So this is the contradiction. The Rambam says that, you know, there are things that are out there, but these, uh, you know, Hashem created the heavens after the world. And there was not, and, and the essential meaning of Kisei is Besamikdash, the heavens, which were created after the world was created, or in the creation process of the world. And the other interpretation of Kisei is the essence of Hashem. But now he's bringing this thing, well, Hashem created the Kisei before. So now you tell me the Kisei is something that was before. So that's the contradiction of understanding what Kisei is. And therefore, there, it's something that the Rambam says, you just have to think about it. So I'm not going to even attempt to answer it till we get to this stage. When we get to the end of the second chapter, this is getting into all kinds of spooky stuff, creation and all that. For Halloween, 
But there's one there's one explanation that we could start and a path to understand. Because the Rambam has been very busy telling us all the terms that the Torah mentions. Tanakh, the word of God. This statement is a Maimur Chazal from the Talmud. So when the Talmud uses certain expressions, it doesn't have to hold by the same rules as the Rambam explains biblical. Remember, there's, there's the biblical words of the Torah, and that's consistent with the creator who wrote those words. When the rabbis of the Talmud, they don't have the mind of Hashem. So they may not mean exactly what Hashem means. Now, how they mean differently, that would need a whole explanation. But that would be a, a simple way to say it. You only can make a contradiction from what God says to what God says. If God says what a kisei is, Ram says this is what God means when he talks about a kisei. He gives three explanations. The rabbis can use kisei the way they want to use kisei. Okay. So that would be a way to answer it. But there's a lot more, and we're just not in a position at all to really resolve the contradiction no. until we go way into what's going on over there. And so, and he says, and sometimes either I just don't care, you just it's too hard for you to figure out. I'm not going to go to all this length to explain the answer to the contradiction. There's but he's saying up front, right? saying up front, there is this type of contradiction. What? We have this thing. We say... First word, the the base goes to the left. Yeah, or try to understand. understand it but but they can still say there were things that were before. But don't try to figure it out. <laughs> Torah came before God created the world. The Jewish soul came before God created the world. So we got his kisei was before. Okay, but if you're telling me, if you're telling me the kisei is something that God creates, or it's something about God's essence. So how could you say he created a kisei? He doesn't seem to argue that point. He argues the other points. He said this came from this and this came from that. That's his question. But he doesn't seem to say, hey, this is crazy. How could you say that uh, God created a kisei before the world was created? All right, so that's... So would the Torah fall in the same category as a kisei? No, because that's something else. He's just defining kisei in terms of kisei of a contradiction. Okay. Okay. So now, okay. So it's ten o two. So tomorrow we go into the tenth chapter, which discusses what does it mean when God goes down and when God goes up, which is in this week's parsha. Hashem went down to see what's going on in stone, and that completes all these the chapter eight, nine, and ten. I don't know if we'll get it all tomorrow, but we'll see how this all now fits in the first seven chapters with the next three chapters. We'll see how they all fit in. All right. Yashir Kayach.